supposed to be the doldrums. There is nothing doldrum-esque about Inside Indiana Sports Now today, Friday, June 3rd, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You've got a plumbing problem? they got a plumbing solution. That's the way it works. You give them a call, 765-610-8809. Smash that subscribe button. Press the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports in the Indianapolis Colts. Also, you want to donate? That's cool, too. Jonathan Taylor. This is an incredible stat about Jonathan Taylor. Did you know that he had more yards after contact than any other running back in the NFL had yards last year. That is crazy. Jonathan Taylor, you know what? You look at a guy with the number of carries that Jonathan Taylor had last year and you say, oh my God, you know, how can he possibly trump that? How could he possibly, 332 carries. You get into the 400 touch area and I he caught about 40 balls. So you add 40 to the 332, all of a sudden you're at 372 in his first two years. He's got about, what, 3,600 total yards. That means in his first first six seasons, Jonathan Taylor is on pace to eclipse 10,000 all-purpose yards. That's incredible. Nobody's ever done that. Jonathan Taylor is the kind of back who could because he's got the speed, durability, the ability to hang on to the football, which was kind of in question when he was drafted out of Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor is a machine, 22-plus miles an hour. He can run through and around and then past any defender in the NFL. If he gets a crease, he is gone to the house. Now, the 332, I got to tell you the truth. If you're a fantasy football player, I see that coming down. Matt Ryan, I'll bet you, throws about 100 more passes this coming year than Carson Wentz did last year. And those 100 extra passes are going to come at the expense of Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman Jr., did you know this? This is interesting to me about Michael Pittman Jr. There were 11 NFL receivers last year who contributed 25% of all their team targets and 30% of their air yards. Other guys who did it, uh, Cooper Cup. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, uh, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Jefferson was another one. Michael Pittman Jr. on that list. I don't think he's going to get as many targets this year, and I don't think he's going to get those 88 catches. I think Matt Ryan is going to spread the wealth a little bit, and in Pittman's use, his target number is going to recede a little bit. So from a fantasy perspective, I see Michael Pittman Jr., being a little bit less valuable this coming year than he was. Conversely, I think that Matt Ryan is going to target tight ends much more than Carson Wentz did. However, they're going to be split three ways. So I don't think any of the Colts in a fantasy kind of world deserve to be selected at all. Because I think really you're going to have Mo Ali Cox and you're going to have Jelani Woods and you're going to have uh, Kylan Granson, all catching balls, right? And that doesn't even account for Ogletree, who might also get some targets. So it's going to be split three ways, like it is always. You're not going to have a Kyle Pitts situation with Matt Ryan like he had last year. You're going to have a situation where he's throwing to three, right? And two are going to be on the field often. What is Alec Pierce going to be like from a fantasy perspective? I don't know. I haven't seen him play yet. We've seen him play 
for Cincinnati. We know he can go get jump balls. We know he can do that. We know he can run. There's a lot of good with Alec Pierce, but how does it translate from playing for Cincinnati, who plays in not the greatest conference in the world, the American, how does that translate to the Colts in the NFL? That's a hell of a good question. That's going to be fascinating to watch. And can Paris Campbell stay healthy? That's going to impact both Pittman and Pierce's numbers. And is Doolin going to spend some time on the field? How about Strawn? How about Patman? Those guys, are they going to take targets away from both Pierce and Campbell and maybe Pittman too? Here's something interesting. From 2020 with Phillip Rivers to 2021, Naheem Hines was targeted 19 times less last year. And while that doesn't seem like a lot, that's only two more total than one per game, right? But that's still a legitimate number of targets. You go from 73 to 54, that shaves a bunch of use off a guy who's being paid to produce yards and paid to produce touchdowns. Naheem Hines is going to get the ball a lot. How many times last year did you see Carson Wentz keep his eyes downfield while Naheem Hines is over here wide open with nobody close? You saw it a lot. You're not going to see that a lot this year. Matt Ryan is going to use all his tools just as Phillip Rivers did. Phillip Rivers, I remember games where he hit like 10 receivers. You're going to see that a lot with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's no fool. He knows who he's got. These guys are paid pretty damn well to catch a football and advance it, and he's going to use them. Um, Kenny Moore, we can't go through any kind of video about the Colts and about Indiana sports without talking about Kenny Moore. We don't know whether he's going to show up for the mandatory minicamp. If he doesn't show up for any of it, it's going to cost him about 90 grand. Does he care about the 90 grand? I don't know. He does care about this. Pro Football Focus ranked Kenny Moore the top slot corner in the NFL, and the way they described him, it's not close. That's who Kenny Moore is in terms of slot corners, but the question for the Colts, as they kind of weigh the pros and cons of opening the Pandora's box, of giving him an extension with two years left on his deal, which they're not going to do. But if they were going to sit down at a conference table and discuss it, the first thing they'd say is, how often is Gus Bradley going to use a slot corner? He likes four guys. He, he runs at 4-3, that cover three, right? Kenny Moore is really good as a slot corner. How's he going to be as one of two corners on the field when they don't go nickel? That's the thing. How much worse will the Colts be without Kenny Moore on the field, right? That's a good question. You don't want to pay a guy. He's going to make $6.75 million this year. And if he's going to be an outside corner, you got to evaluate what he's going to look like in that world. And you got to get with Gus Bradley and you got to say, Gus, how often are we going to use this guy? He's kind of a one-trick pony. He's really good at, at being a slot corner. But if you're not going to play a lot of nickel and a lot of dime, what are we doing? Those are questions that have got to be asked and answered by the Colts. And by the way, I identified this morning uh, Bobby Okereke as a second-round pick. He was not. He was a third-round pick. My point was valid. Can you win a championship with five-slash-six first-round draft picks on your roster? Can you do that? And and uh, we got a comment from somebody who said, well, you know, the uh, the Colts teams of the 2000s won a lot of games with a lot of low draft picks playing. Yes, 
but they played guard. They played outside linebacker. There were a couple of safeties there. There were a couple of corners. Uh, You know, what the Colts had, they had a first-round pick as a left tackle when they won the championship, Tark Glenn. First-round draft pick as a tight end, Dwight Dwight Clark, Dallas Clark. First round, first round, as their two wide receivers, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. First round, first round, as their running backs through the decade, Edge and Joseph Adai. First overall in Peyton Manning as your quarterback. First on the edge in Dwight Freeney. So, in fact, what Bill Pullian did was invest very, very wisely a bunch of first round picks in positional players who, number one, fit their scheme and fit their culture. Number two, where you needed a clear separation in skill level in order to win a championship. That's what they did. That's what the Colts did. This group has not done that. They got, I would count Matt Ryan as a third round pick because that's what they had to give up to get him. And then what do you got? You got Jonathan Taylor as a two, Michael Pittman as a two, Paris Campbell at two, Alec Pierce as a two. You do have Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly as ones. That's good. You have Stephon Gilmore as a one. Is that it? Is that all of the ones? Oh, DeForest Buckner, also a one. That's all you got. You got a guard, a center, a, uh, a quitty peg, a one also. So you've got those positions covered with ones but you got a whole lot of twos, threes, and fours covering a whole lot of other places. And is it possible to have guys drafted at that level in the bulk that the Colts do and still win a championship? That's a hell of a question. You don't have Jamar Chase on the field for the Colts. You know, you don't have Joe Burrow. You don't have a lot of those guys. You don't have T. Higgins, even though T. Higgins was one spot ahead of Michael Pittman Jr. Anyway, it's an interesting question, and that's all it was meant to be. Can you win with guys who are not elite enough to warrant a first-round draft pick? Another pre-draft workout for the Pacers. You've got uh, Terrell Brown from Washington, Ryan Roller from uh, Toledo, Rollins, uh, Teddy Allen from New Mexico State, Max Christie from Michigan State, Peyton Watson from UCLA, and Coke Yacht of Overtime Elite. None of the guys we want to see uh, vetted for the sixth overall pick coming in next Monday, at least. This is interesting. By the way, Cubs-Cardinals 2-20 this afternoon. Can't wait for that game. Ryan Day spoke to a group of Columbus businessmen yesterday morning. Had a breakfast. Said, hey, fellas, we need $13 million to keep the roster as it stands right now. Thirteen million dollars to keep the roster through NIL or there are going to be phone calls from other schools that warrant the attention of current Buckeyes and they're going to run across the street. They're going to go to the transfer portal and they're going to go play someplace else. Two million bucks a year for an elite level quarterback. It is time for Big Ten schools, SEC schools, Big 12 schools, uh, Pac-12 schools, ACC schools to get together and put together some kind of salary cap. Do you want to be the NFL where everybody, where there's parity? There isn't parity now in college football, right? But you can take this and you can create an environment where parity exists. 
you can do that. You can make this thing fair for everybody so nobody goes broke. And the Big Ten, they're going to enter into media deals that are going to benefit the membership of the Big Ten to the tune of more than $70 million per school. That is a lot of jack. And not paying the players is kind of crazy. At any rate, it's time for the schools to come together outside the purview of the NCAA and kind of carve their own path in terms of equity in salary cap, NIL, sort of that world. You have got to get control of this thing or you're going to wind up with the New York Yankees, which is kind of uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Kansas City Royals, which is kind of the Indiana Hoosiers, right? And that were Kansas Jayhawks, you know, the lesser teams in the, uh, uh, in the Big 12. You're going to have to take care of that business. And if you don't, the thing's going to get wobbly and it's going to get stupid. NIL is just and correct. Uh, Demo Wigley says second most receiving yards this year, I think, Doolin. I'll tell you what. I will bet you a steak dinner. It's not Ashton Doolin. I love the comment. Very, very nice. Thanks for the donation. But Ashton Doolin, unless everybody else gets hurt, and that could happen, I don't think that he's going to be number two overall. I think he got Pittman, and behind him, you know, if nobody else, Hines. You know, and then you got Pierce, you got Campbell, you got Ali Cox. You, you could wind up with... Pittman getting nine and a whole bunch of guys getting four to five hundred and and maybe down maybe doing among them interesting comment thank you um but Ryan Day wants 13 million bucks to throw cash at players with the Buckeyes I don't know what Tom Allen is doing down in Bloomington but if I'm Scott Dolson I'm going to the dean of the Kelly School of Business and I'm saying help please help me find a way to activate the donors that we've got at a higher level to improve the lives of our student-athletes via NIL. Can you do this for me? Can you make it a project for your school? Can How about this is a win-win? Win for the Kelly School, win for the football program, win for the basketball program, and the way things stand right now, the basketball program is going to have a lot more money, a lot more activation from donors in terms of paying a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, because who are you going to pay for the football team? Taiwan Mullen? Going to pay second round or second team All-Big Ten? Ooh. Michigan. You think they don't have well-heeled guys? You've got to wrap your... You've you got to get everybody together, and you got to fix this. Or it's going to be worse than it is. And how could it be worse for Indiana than it already is? Monday, Breakfast with Kent. I can't wait to talk to you then. Fish shows this weekend at Ruoff. It's going to be glorious. Let's go. Everybody wants to bounce around the room, right? I do.